This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So they got the guy, a serial killer busted, an alleged serial killer in custody right now. They arrested him last night. For decades, this guy was strangling women at the beach. A total horror show. Uh, These women, 10 of them, have been linked to this suspect. Uh, But in court today, formally, uh, they're actually tying him to just four, four of the murders for now. They expect it to increase in number as they gather more evidence and as they make their case. The suspect, Rex Hoyerman. Does he fit the serial killer profile? I don't know. 59 years old, an architect, a CEO of a small firm, married father of two, no criminal record that we that we know of. Now, so far overall, the evidence, well, there's DNA, they say, tying him to the victim's and also cell phone records. He was buying burner phones and the women, well, they were receiving phone calls from, they believe, his burner phones. And he's been buying them left and right fairly recently. This is just in May, going into a phone store and putting more minutes on a burner phone. Uh, How they actually got his DNA is from a pizza. They saw a half-eaten or discarded pizza. They took it out of the trash. Uh, That's how they got his DNA, and they compared it to the DNA that was recovered at the crime scene. They also found out he's into a lot of really weird uh, sexual stuff. I mean, we're talking, well, it's kind of unspeakable what he was into. And this just might be, I mean, it's all terrible. But after he allegedly killed one of the prostitutes, he took her phone and called her family to say, yeah, I did it, and said all kinds of awful stuff. From the, uh, from the uh, charging document and the bail uh, thing, uh, Herman is believed to, Hoyerman is believed to be the person who used the burner cell phones to communicate with each of the four victims prior to their disappearance. And then afterwards, a caller made taunting phone calls to Miss uh, Bartholomew's family members in which the male caller admitted killing and sexually assaulting the woman, and he did this repeatedly. Repeatedly. Then he went on vacation for a couple of days in Iceland. The calls start uh, stopped. As soon as he got back from Iceland, the calls started again. And this is something we don't normally see, although sometimes we do. The alleged killer speaking last year during an interview for French television. Rex, hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good to see you. Likewise. I hope you don't mind. I brought my assistant with me, Norman. Hello, hello Norman. <laughs> I see it's raining out. It's a little bit unclear why they wanted to interview him, but uh, they did. Rex Ewerman, I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter. Born and raised on Long Island. Okay. Been working in Manhattan since 1987. All right. Seems like a fairly normal individual. Um, And then there's this. Does this suggest something 
off. If you were a tool or an object to help you uh, in your uh, to help you to bring your business to greater heights, what would it be? That's an interesting question. I know. <laughs> Because for what I do, we have to have so many tools in the toolbox. Uh, just one. Just one. Just one. I have one tool that's pretty much used in almost every job. And it's actually a cabinet maker's hammer. Cabin oh, okay. And cabinet maker hammer. Okay. It is persuasive enough <laughs> when I need to persuade something. It Not someone. Something. <laughs> <laughs> and it always yields excellent results. What's he talking about? Uh, persuading people with a hammer. All kinds of profilers are on TVs today saying he looks like a control freak. Architects sometimes are like that. That's what they said, not me. Uh, have you ever seen one of these hammers? The back of the hammer is kind of straight. It does look kind of menacing in this context. Some of the stuff he was allegedly Googling, well, he wanted to know all about the case. Uh, they tracked these phones and he was looking up stuff on the Internet like, uh, why could law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? This is what he wanted to know. Why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? These are his own Google searches uh, inside the Long Island serial killer and Gilgo Beach. The Gilgo Beach killer, criminal minds. This was on TV. He wanted to see himself on TV. In Long Island, serial killer investigation, new phone technology may be key to break in the case. So he was on top of this big time. And we believe he actually watched this program about himself years before he was caught. We have a serial killer. We have a killer in our, you know, community walking around free today. This morning, new information in the manhunt for a serial killer whose trail of terror has led police to a beach in New York's Long Island. Police just released sketches of two people whose remains were found along Ocean Parkway. Three more bodies. Four unidentified bodies. Eight bodies. Ten sets of human remains have been found. Police say none of the bodies is that of Shannon Gilbert, the prostitute whose disappearance sparked the initial search. My sister went missing July 9, 2007. She was from Norwich, Connecticut. Uh, she went to New York and she never came home. Megan Waterman was my daughter. She lived in Scavo. She went missing June 6th of 2010. Wow. So he watches this stuff. Do we think it makes him feel like a big man? Or does he worry about getting caught? Does he feel guilt? I wonder. Maybe we'll never know. And of course, pretty early on, it got political. People were pointing out on the Internet and talk radio that... The district the guy lives in is represented by a Republican congressman. The district voted for Trump. Therefore, this guy, the suspect, must be MAGA. <laughs> must be MAGA, huh? Well, what if he is? What difference does that make, right? It's, they're trying to say everybody MAGA is like this. That's insane. But they were really trying to make that case. I could make that case, too. I wouldn't, but I could. I could point out that John Wayne Gacy who killed, I think, how many people did he kill? How many children did he kill? More than 30? Was raising money for Democrats? Yes, so much so that he got to meet the first lady of the United States at the time, Rosalind Carter. 
married to Jimmy Carter. It's insane, though, to make these like, oh, that, that somehow besmirches Democrats or the Carters. It's it's insane. Uh, and that's what they're actually trying to do uh, to MAGA. That's the world we live in. But anyway, let's get back to the great, the pretty good uh, investigative work. Look, there are some people out there who think that this should have been solved a while ago. It's great that it was solved. We heard from the DA of Suffolk County. One thing that became immediately apparent uh, th was at the time of the uh, each of the murders, uh, the murderer, the, the defendant, Herman, uh, he got a, a uh, he got a, a cell phone uh, and a burner phone, which uh, which is prepaid and anonymous. And for each of the murders, he got an individual burner phone and he used that to communicate with the victims. Uh, then shortly after uh, the death of the victims, uh, he then would uh, would get rid of the burner phone. All right. Uh, what else? He was searching, compulsively searching pictures of the victims, but not only pictures of the victims, pictures of their uh, their uh, relatives, their 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 sisters, uh, their children. Uh, and he was trying to locate those individuals. Uh, in addition to that, there was a lot of uh, torture. Uh, porn and and uh, um, what you would consider, uh, you know, uh, um, depictions of women uh, being abused, uh, being raped and being killed. Yeah, I read the uh, the complaint torture stuff, torture porn. Uh, it's it's crazy. So there's that um, like kind of electronic evidence. And then there's also the DNA. One of the things that we did is we followed him because we wanted to get an abandonment sample of his DNA, uh, which we were able to do. Uh, we also got uh, DNA samples, abandonment samples from his family. And then we went back and we got mitochondrial DNA testing. Right. Good job. Now, the guy, remember, the suspect is an architect. He's an architect and that's he's got to get certified like seven years, I think it takes. And people noticed that his house was like the real eyesore on the block in Massapequa Park. I mean, you know, look, you can do wonders with that place. He's an architect. Why didn't he? Uh, you know, just didn't take care of it. Kind of uh, strange, right? And yeah, when he showed up for work, he looked kind of spiffy, but the house was was a mess. You know, I feel terrible for the families of the victims. And at times like this, I know it's kind of, I wish I didn't, but I also feel about the family members of the accused. Now, they had nothing to do with this. No one's saying that. The wife, what she's going through. The daughter, what, what she's going through. Uh, that's got to be incredibly difficult and kind of unthinkable. You know, everybody has sympathy for the victims, of course, but for these folks, it's, it's different, and it just, it must be very, very tough. This is what we like, though, from law enforcement. A great job, okay? They were great. They were great. I like it when they focus on this kind of stuff. Hmm? I can't stand it when they do stuff like this, though. In order to complete the scheme, they plan to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohen as income to the New York State tax authorities. That's one of my favorites, D.A. Bragg going after Trump. Did you hear that? The scheme was to portray the money as income. I never thought of that ever as a crime. This is money we're taking. It's income. <laughs> that, 
Telling the IRS that you have income is not a crime. But anyway, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like Jack Smith, a federal prosecutor, uh, making a federal case out of the, these boxes. Presidential material. You can look it up in his latest uh, motion. Even he has to admit that there's no criminality under the Presidential Records Act. Um, now, the FBI, uh, there was an FBI uh, presence on the task force and... And that's great, but uh, sometimes, sometimes they get into bragging a lot, the, M the FBI. They do. Um, it's part of the mythology that started all the way back under J. Edgar Hoover and persists to this day. Do you ever feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up? That's your intuition, and you should listen to it. I was in the FBI for 25 years. I developed an investigative tool called criminal profiling. And I'm going to teach you some of the tactics I've used from the people I interviewed. What is their motive and what is their behavior? I had grown up for the same purpose as before you have death and kill girls. You'll be learning how to spot these character traits in others. The skills taught in this class could very well save your life. All right, sounds like a great TV show, riveting, but. A lot of it is, yeah, FBI mythology. They're kind of always right after the fact. It's on my mind because I saw Christopher Wray, uh, the ultimate bureaucrat, uh, deflect, uh, use little tricks to not take responsibility. And, well, that's what they do, bureaucrats, right? And when it gets down to actual procedures and what happens, sometimes they'll talk about it and sometimes they won't. Very selective of when and where. Watch. In some instances, we will choose to charge a case a certain way to protect sources and methods. But I am also unwilling to budge on talking about ongoing investigations and protecting sources and methods. I think if we start exposing sources and methods, we are setting a dangerous precedent. Well, you saw from that uh, master class guy, they're talking about methods all the time, all the time. It's part of how they keep the myth of the FBI going, and a lot of it is myth. You ever see this TV show? A gunman out for revenge, judges and government officials his targets. How FBI agents went undercover to stop his plan. There's no stopping in undercover work. You say it comes out of your mouth, and you gotta live with it. Everything inside of you is screaming, oh my God, I hope he doesn't find out that I'm an agent. My name is Mike Ghibli. I've been an FBI undercover agent for 19 years. All right, so that, that's great. This guy can talk about all of that stuff, but the director of the FBI can't give us a straight answer as to why they sat on the Hunter Biden laptop. Know what I mean? It's frustrating, isn't it? If you watch coverage of this case, you may have heard this terminology. They talked about sex workers a lot. Those stunning discoveries really coming after police began searching for 24-year-old sex worker Shannon Gilbert back in 2010. Investigators say most of the victims were young women who had been sex workers. These murders happened. These are women who were sex workers. There was a lot of speculation that police were just not working hard enough because these women's occupations. 
You know, that's a really cheap shot. I haven't heard that. <laughs> a lot of serial killers, unfortunately, prey on sex workers, also known as prostitutes. Jack the Ripper, most famous serial killer of uh, all time, preyed on prostitutes. And I think we should call them prostitutes. These are human beings, obviously, right? Beautiful human beings, everybody created in the image of God. Uh, the profession, though, it's not really a profession, okay? Sex worker, that suggests something that, I don't know, maybe one would aspire to it. And if you make that kind of euphemism, maybe more people will be drawn to it. It has to have a little bit of, it has to be somewhat pejorative. There has to be a little bit of, yeah, it's okay to have a little bit of socially frowning upon something like prostitution, sex workers, construction workers, see, sex workers, right, right? That's honorable. That's good. Um, being a prostitute, that's bad for the prostitutes. It's bad for everybody. And we have to call it for what it is. May God bless the innocent. And we'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom is money is health is newsmax millions watch it so can you newsmax is real news for real people right continuing with all of the reasons to not like joe biden uh, this is possibly the biggest for me our catastrophic and unnecessary loss in afghanistan that is entirely Joe Biden's responsibility and fault. And to make matters insult to injury at the dignified transfer, the memorial, he's looking at his watch. He's looking at his watch. The, the guy who was supposed to be so big on empathy could not wait to get out of there. So there's this stuff. And then the overall, um, well, this. We're going to seize their yachts their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. Nothing funny about it. In fact, it's a little bit scary. Also, the falling down. I mean, <laughs> falling as he's getting on Air Force One. Uh, that was... <laughs> and they covered it up, by the way. No one talked about it. Next, please. The other fall, the big one. Oh, yeah, the bike. I mean, this stuff renders him ineligible, ineligible for the office that he has. And you saw what happened at the Air Force Academy, right? Uh, now, I'm reviewing this stuff. You've seen it before, but most people in America haven't. They've been kept in the dark. And most people in America still don't know that Joe Biden, a smiley, nice guy, warm Mr. Empathy, has a granddaughter that he will not acknowledge as he tweets silly videos of himself making phone calls to his other grandchildren. There is beautiful Navy, the daughter of Hunter. Hunter does not acknowledge her. She's four. She lives in Arkansas. She knows who her father is. She knows who her grandfather is. And he wants nothing to do with them. Neither of them want anything to do with her. The New York Times, a little over a week ago, said it's okay to talk about this. Wow. It's seven grandkids, Mr. President. Now, this was huge. This is like Pravda. You know, 
the media in the Soviet Union, they never played it straight with the citizens of the Soviet Union. You had to look to the voice of the state, Pravda, and see what it when it was okay to do something or say something. This is the same thing, the New York Times. But that's a big moment, okay? The elites are actually saying, wait a second, we don't know about this guy anymore. The Hunter Biden laptop. Obviously, this should be one of the biggest stories in the world. You know what they did. They kicked it off of the Internet for a long time. The New York Times suddenly, suddenly has decided, almost out of the blue, but not really, that it's okay to talk about Hunter Biden. Democrats, it's okay to talk about Hunter Biden. Well, thank you so much. They had to have one of their influential opinion columnists give everybody permission to talk about Hunter Biden. Why would they need such a thing? The article is both good and terrible at the same time. Let's go through it. They say not talking about it is dishonest and dangerous. You think? <laughs> Two years later, uh, we'd be wrong to ignore Hunter Biden entirely. And Democratic partisans who urge that aren't being realistic and are doing as much to feed suspicions as to quell them. No fooling, huh? So the temptation, given the stakes, is to bathe whichever Democrat stands in the way of that in a beatific Light, that sounds good, in a beautiful kind of uh, flattering light, to sing that person's praises as loudly and unflaggingly as vocal cords permit. Man, this guy can uh, kind of overdo it in the writing department. It would put us in the business of creating outcomes, not chronicling events, which would be obvious to the voters on top of being wrong. Yeah, no kidding, but you've been doing that for a long time. Look at that word, will you? We are in the business of creating outcomes, outcomes, not chronicling events. This is a pretty interesting admission, don't you think? That's what they've been trying to do, create outcomes that they want, not reporting on stuff that happens. A couple of more, if you don't mind. We do best as a profession, and all of us do best as a democracy and a society when we hold everyone accountable, regardless of the special circumstances, and when we're honest across the board. How about that? The New York Times calling for honesty and holding people to account across the board, calling for fairness. You know what this is. This is an acknowledgement that they have not been fair, that they have been out to get Trump every step of the way. All of us do best as a democracy and a society when we hold everyone accountable. <laughs> Again, you think uh, this is pretty wild. I love it. I love it. So Hunter it's been, don't talk about Hunter, don't talk about Joe Biden. Every other administration had crazy characters and you were allowed to write about them. Let's go back. Billy, Billy Carter, remember him? I mean, the brother of Jimmy Carter, that was like a big thing. And he was always getting into trouble and doing weird stuff and going to Libya. Who else? Who else was a, oh, this is Neil Bush, uh, brother of George W., son of George H.W. Bush, had a whole scandal with the uh, savings and loans. Oh, Roger Clinton. I mean, this guy was like a household name during the Trump, pre uh, the, the Clinton presidency. Anyway, Hunter's fair game. We talk about it. They don't. What about Joe Biden? This article doesn't say really you have to go after Joe, just Hunter for now, for now. I think this actually confirms what we all know, that they're out to get Trump every step of the way, right? Uh, if it's just when you say that, when you say that you're out to create an outcome, not report events, the outcome they want is the destruction of Donald Trump. That's not fair. Very interesting that they're admitting it. We'll see what happens. Next, please. So 
the other day, I noticed when Joe Biden was blowing off all the questions and just sitting there smiling weirdly, uh, I saw I found myself looking at that sculpture, that bust uh, off to the side there. And what is that? Who is that? It's Robert F. Kennedy, senior, the uh, late attorney general slash senator from New York, who ran for president in 1968 against an incumbent president. He ran as a Democrat against another Democrat, LBJ. And RFK, who would be assassinated later that year, was doing so well and capturing the attention and imagination of so many people that this guy had to quit. I shall not seek, and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Isn't that interesting? And now we have the son of Robert Kennedy running against an incumbent Democrat, a guy from the same party, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he's also inspiring people, capturing people's imagination. Uh, Look, I disagree with him about a lot of things, but I like a lot of things that he says. This is a humanitarian crisis because of the understanding across the globe that we now have an open border here. This is not a good thing for our country. There's that, the stuff on the vaccines. Uh, He's great on a lot of things. He's not crazy. He believes in the Constitution. I'm not the first one to say this, but Trump at the top of the ticket and RFK as the VP. What do you think? Now that, that is a game changer, right? What do you think? Talk about unifying the country. Could that happen? Could it happen? I don't know. Just an idea. And we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. In the dead of night, you're lying in bed. Suddenly, you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp. distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498, don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today, eaacorp.com. So this is Eve Tilly Colson. She's an attorney and content creator. She lives in Los Angeles, California. She looks like a great girl, 34 years old. She happens to be single, and she'd like to find a husband. She should have no problem finding a husband, but in our totally crazy, weirdo, toxic culture, uh, it's hard to find a good man. So she took to TikTok with a very interesting idea. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, let's meet Eve Tilly Colson. I've seen you on various programs, various networks. I think you're great. Uh, congratulations on the interesting idea. How are you tonight? 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Terrific. So you offered guys $5,000 if somebody sets you up with a person that you marry. Is that it? Yes, but let me be clear. It's $5,000 for the referral, not just for someone to marry me. No, okay, gotcha. For the referral. So how's it going so far? Ooh, I finally went through all the emails today, and uh, it took a couple hours, um, but there were some contenders, and I responded to them, so I'm hopeful. All right, well, let's take a look at what you put online that uh, got a lot of the world talking, okay? Uh, here we go. This is uh, on your TikTok. So I made this bet with my boss like a couple years ago, and I've now added my best friend, her husband, and a couple other friends. But I feel like I'm just going to open it up to the general public because I'm good for it. So the bet slash offer is if you introduce me to my husband and I marry him, I will give you $5,000. I don't have to stay married to him for long. I can get divorced in 20 years. It doesn't matter. But if you introduce me to a man that I walk down the aisle and get married to, I will give you $5,000. My DMs are open. All right. So, um, what brought you to this moment? Uh, you heard what I said. I, th those are my assumptions, but is that what's going on here? So I didn't actually hear your assumptions, so <laughs> do you mind repeating them? Well, look, um, there are a lot of toxic bachelors out there. Our culture is kind of weird. Uh, a lot of people don't want to do things in the real world. They'd rather stay on their phone and their computer all day long. And actually meeting somebody like you face-to-face -face could be, well, it'll take effort, maybe a little bit risky, and, uh, you know, why bother? Why not just... Netflix and chill. I 1000% agree. I think that the apps have totally taken a nosedive during COVID because people are able to just sit on their couch and swipe through hundreds of people. And there's no repercussions. They can flake. There's no accountability. They can do it, you know, while not even thinking about what a next step might be, why not even like having actual plans for a future with anybody. And it's really like taken away from dating these days. So yeah, 1000% agree with what you just said. I want to put up a um, statistic. Marriage rates have dropped 60% in the last 50 years. And quite frankly, you know, look, I was single for a long time, and I think there are more single people, obviously, than ever before. I think the sexual revolution had a lot to do with this. I mean, for a lot of people, it seemed great at the time, but I, I mean, everybody kind of got married. Now that's not the case anymore. And I think a lot of lives have been damaged by what seemed like a really cool thing at the time. When you say sexual revolution, can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Well, I mean, people can hook up without marriage before they had to get married to hook up. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt, but does that, you know, I mean, you get it, sure. right? Sure. I mean, I do think that that has been something that's been around for a bit, right? It's not something that changed in the past three to four years. Um, but I, I think that COVID has really had a dramatically negative impact on dating, more so than necessarily um, shifts in terms of masculine or feminine roles. Uh, COVID has just made people uncomfortable meeting in public. Yeah, I, I just think it's the accumulation of decades, you know, this moment and COVID has exacerbated it. But there were things uh, even before COVID. So, all right, you've gone through all of the things. The contenders are uh, halfway decent. Let me ask you this. What kind of law do you practice? I do corporate litigation defense. All right. And everybody at work cool with this? Yeah, uh, I had a pretty candid conversation with my boss about it, and she was like, you know what, I get it, and I think it's fun that you are being open and vulnerable and have, you know, things outside of work that you do. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, I once flirted with a, I mean, considered a matchmaking service, 
And Ooh, if you if you pay five thousand dollars, this is a total bargain. If it actually works out, it's a bargain <laughs> uh, compared to what some of those folks are uh, are charging. But uh, well, it sounds like you've really made the best out of this, and I hope it all works out. Eve Tilly Colson, appreciate it so much. Good luck, and we can find you on TikTok at E B Tilly. Correct. Right. You can find us on TikTok. And actually, what spawned from this whole thing is that we've created an app that's actually allowing people to also kind of put a bounty on their significant other at the arrow.app. So if you're at all interested in doing something similar, we now have a website for that. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And can you, did, did you just say it or can you say it again? Yeah. It's the arrow, like Cupid's arrow, dot app because it will be an app. Okay, cool. The arrow dot app. Uh, for all the single people out there, um, good luck and many thanks, okay? Thank you so much. You bet. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Hey, look at that. Wow. $72 million for Joe Biden the first quarter. Is that accurate? And is that a lot of money? I, uh, I think it is. Seems like it is. Uh, also this, the Secret Service, small amounts of marijuana were found in two occasions in 2022 uh, at the White House. Uh, what is that all about? Now, they say they can't figure out where the cocaine came from. Yeah, right. Let's bring in two of our favorites, uh, Dick Morris, advisor to President Trump, former advisor to President Clinton, author of The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback. And uh, Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host. Uh, welcome both. Uh, Mark, first to you. I was uh, not surprised they couldn't figure out the cocaine thing. I mean, they should have figured it out, but I'm not surprised they didn't figure it out. How do you feel? Uh, OJ, OJ will find the real killers before we get to the bottom of this cocaine thing. <laughs> this is the Biden legacy. It's not my laptop. It's not my grandchild. It's not my cocaine. Uh, just deny everything. And the media, I don't know how you run a democracy with totally corrupt media that covers up all this stuff. It's incredible, isn't it? Wow. Hey, uh, Dick, you got a great piece in uh, Newsmax.com. Trump should boycott the Fox debate. That makes uh, a heck of a lot of sense, actually. Uh, I think we have the headline. We can take a peek at it if you want. Everybody can go to the website. Uh, but uh, spell it out for us. Why should he skip the uh, debate? First, indulge my pun. Uh, the Secret Service hunted high and low for the cocaine owner, but couldn't find them. <laughs> uh, kind of lame, but... Uh... That's all right. That's okay, boy. So uh, back to the uh, the debate stuff. I'm sorry, the debate stuff. Yeah. yeah. Why should Trump participate in this debate? It's sponsored by Fox News, which has opposed him and at every turn it possibly can dumps on him and pushes DeSantis. Um, the moderator is Brett Baer, who did a one-on-one -on -one interview with Trump, and he was like uh, Smith, the prosecutor. All he did was ask about every count of the indictment and walk Trump through that. Uh, and uh, and he and there's no, there's no point in being in the debate. He's going to be in front with 12 or 14 other candidates. Well, wait, over. wait, Dick. I mean, he was like that the last time. They were all coming at him at one point. I thought it was not so much Fox. It's just that, like, why bother? Because he's, what, 40 points ahead in the polls. You know, there is this uh, belief that if you're that far ahead, you know, why risk it? Why, why stoop to the right. level, the low level of these other guys? 
That's true, but it's like walking in front of a 13-man firing squad, and uh, they will all be shooting at them. And it uh, it wasn't like it was in 16 when they were shooting at each other and there was crossfire. You know, everybody's going to be focusing on him, and there was no reason for him to go through it. It's not like he's hiding in the basement. He's been at rallies. He's had all sorts of public exposure. People have seen Trump speak so many times since he got into this race. Right. Really since his presidency started. So he's a known quantity, and I think. I think the other thing is that the debate is arranged by the Republican National Committee, which is basically anti-Trump. Uh, it's run by uh, the likes of Karl Rove and people who are Bush family types who really don't want Trump to win. Yeah. And I don't even want a Republican, want Trump to be the Democrat if he's the nominee. All right. So, hey, uh, Mark, but, Mark, let me ask you this. The, the Republican National Committee really does. The establishment... They're still opposed to Trump. The people love him. Uh, a good chunk of the people love him. The establishment, why not? Well, I, you know, Trump was a phenomenal president, the greatest president of our lifetime. There's no reason for him to be in a debate. We, we don't need to get to know him. We know him. He doesn't need to lay out what he'll do. We've seen what he can do. The whole thing is ridiculous. He, uh, he doesn't cooperate with the swamp. He doesn't do great favors for every donor. They'd rather have a guy who's at their beck and call, uh, they wanted Ron DeSantis. They see he's going nowhere, sinking fast, because uh, why would you want Robin when you can have Batman? So they're done with him. They're looking at Tim Scott, somebody else. Anytime the uh, swamp tells you who can win, who can't win, run the other way. <laughs> and let's put that poll up one more time. At 39 points, he's uh, crushing DeSantis. What went wrong, Dick, with uh, DeSantis? And where do you think the, the donors, the people who think they run the country, you know, Ken Griffin, Rupert Murdoch, people like that, where will they go if they go somewhere else other than DeSantis, which they seem to want to do? Well, first, it's really important to understand that Trump's campaign is funded largely by small donations. You saw the numbers on the screen. He raised $300 million in 2020 from donations of less than $100. So he is not dependent on the swamp for money or the special interests. Where will they go? I think most of them will sit on the hands. I don't think they'll give Trump money. I think they hate him. I think they feel that he hates them. And uh, he's dedicated to their destruction. Uh, why should they give him money? We all call these the swamp by different names, the military industrial complex, big pharma, the intelligence community, uh, big tech, all different names. But the one thing they have in common is their lust for power. Mm. And Trump is standing in their way. Yeah. Like you said, they're not after me. They're after you. I just happen to be in the way. Hey, can I ask you this? My, uh, my dream ticket, I don't know. I know it's kind of crazy. A million to one shot. Trump and RFK Jr. You know, <laughs> uh, Robert F. Kennedy's father ran against Lyndon Johnson and knocked Lyndon Johnson out of the race. Um, look, I don't see him getting the Democrat nomination, but I do kind of see this. I know he's liberal, but at least he believes in the Constitution. And I think this could be like, wow, revolutionary and cool. Uh, maybe. Mark? I, I like RFK Jr. I hope he's the Democratic nominee. He's a great guy. But you can't have him with Trump. You can't have a guy who rushed to get the vaccine out in record time partnered with a guy who rushed to stop the vaccine the second it came out. It, it, there, there'd be too many clashes. All right. But I mean... Uh, He's for choice regarding the vaccine, right? And anyway, yeah. Dick, all right, it's total pipe dream, right? Never happen, or would it? 
Well, it wouldn't because the Republican convention would never nominate Kennedy. Uh, he's pro-choice. They're pro-life. He's in favor of gun control. They're opposed to it. Too many litmus test issues he'd flunk. But I do think that the Kennedy agenda is something that Trump can and is preempting because the Kennedy people hate the deep state as much as Trump does. Yeah. It's like the boat and one fires torpedoes from the right side and the other from the left side. But the goal is to sink the deep state. Yeah, it's totally wild. And uh, to hear the Kennedys talk about that, the deep state, and they know, boy, do they know. Dick Morris, thank you. The book, by the way, let's hit it again. Uh, Trump's big 2024 comeback. It, it's all making sense. You know, when you first came out with that book, people are like, ah, now, boy, you were right. And uh, Mark Simone, check him out on iHeartRadio. Uh, thank you both. And we'll be right back. Hey, the military, uh, you got to pay these guys, right? A lot of politics around the uh, defense authorization, and there should be politics. Politics isn't a dirty word. Uh, this is run by the people, everybody. So let's go through the, the defense authorization bill passed by the House of Representatives. Uh, $886 billion for defense programs, 5.2% pay, pay increase, and it passed uh, narrowly, 219 to 210. Uh, let's see here. It eliminates all Pentagon DEI programs, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sounds good to me. Uh, prohibits payment for abortion services. Uh, check. Bars transgender treatment. Um, they have no business doing that stuff in the military. Look, I like it, but uh, the Senate is controlled by Democrats, and it may not work out quite this way. Uh, here's some reaction. I am a proud combat veteran. This is an insult to all who serve, particularly women in uniform. And the National Defense Authorization Act, historically, is a bipartisan legislative effort that has now been hijacked by extreme MAGA Republicans. The real question that you never asked me that I wish you would, why did the Democrats vote no? Four Democrats vote with us. Are the rest of the Democrats against a pay raise for their veterans? Are they against deterring China for a safe future? Are they against rooting out wasteful spending? Because they all voted against it today. Hmm. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, I really think Tommy Tuberville, oh, by the way, is on the right track uh, with this stuff. Have you ever heard of Abby Lowell? He's a big-time Washington, D.C. attorney who's representing Hunter Biden right now. Uh, here are some of his other clients. He went to all the right schools, all the right law firms, right? He represented John Edwards, Senator Menendez, Steven Seagal? Huh, I didn't know that. And uh, Diddy or Puffy or... Whatever. He's a major, major heavyweight. He's representing Hunter Biden. And I think it's incredibly inappropriate that he's sending letters all over town to the DOJ, to the IRS, to major government agencies. And he's demanding on behalf of his client, the son of the president of the United States, investigations into regular people. Let's put him up. He sent a letter, let's see, to the IRS. He wants, we request the Internal Revenue Service review the tax-exempt status of Marco Polo USA, whose sole member is Garrett Ziegler. Hey, this is the guy who's been doing the best research on the Hunter Biden laptop. 
This Abby Lowell guy should be disbarred. This is incredibly unethical to apply this kind of pressure. You, you can't do this. Next, please. Uh, a, a letter was sent to the Department of Justice demanding an investigation into John Paul Mac Isaac. He's the guy who found the laptop. It says right on the receipt. Oh, by the way, if you don't claim it in 60 days or whatever, it becomes the property of the store. So sorry that happened to you. Is there one more? Uh, yes, there is. Oh, he sent a letter to Trump. What's this all about? I am sending this letter to make a demand that your client, former President Donald Trump, cease and desist from making public comments about my client. What? Which are both defamatory and unlikely to incite Mr. Trump's follower. Hey, I want to know where Hunter is. Where's Hunter? We can. That's, that is constitutionally protected free speech. You can't take that issue off the table. Wow. These guys, they're shameless. And they're not being called out on it other than right here. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.